0: Welcome to Light Steps Live. Our mission is to open the Word of God to edify the believer and evangelize the world. That people who follow Jesus can walk in the light as He is in the light. Howdy friends, and thank you for listening to Light Steps Live. Today, we'll start a series on the book of James that we're going to call The Handbook for Hard Times. If you've ever encountered the Apostle James at all, you will know he doesn't pull any punches. And often when the Holy Spirit is dealing with us, it can feel very straightforward and brutal. And I always try to remember, when I'm looking at the book of James, that he chastens whom he loves. The Lord chastens whom he loves. So let's jump in today. And let's jump in over the next few weeks and embrace the very direct, hard-hitting style of the Apostle James. James is often called um, the handbook for hard times. I think it was Martin Luther who called it a straw epistle. Um, In other words, it won't made out of much. And that always struck me as, um, a terrible, it was either Martin Luther or John Calvin. I I think it was Martin Luther, but I always hated that about James, that someone said it about James, because I find it so very useful. And as I've been praying after, after our time in the Sermon on the Mount about where to go next, uh, James came to me and, um, and so, uh, I'm just going to start a slow walk through James because, uh, I, I believe I believe um, James is what I would call a doing handbook for hard times, and I believe Hebrews is a believing book for hard times. One sort of uh, says, "Hey, get your mind in the game and and um, get get to work serving the Lord." I, I I'm over generalizing. Bear with me. I'm overgeneralizing. Um, but I believe James is like, get your head, you know, get your head together and get in the game. Get to moving. And I feel like Hebrews says, get your heart together and get to believing, you know. And so I love it in that way. Um, we definitely live in crazy times. We absolutely, definitely need for God to deal with us in a fresh way. Um, you know, uh, I remember uh, back in uh, 2001 and 9-11 when uh, the Pentagon was struck. The plane went down to Pennsylvania. The the two planes struck the um, the buildings in New York, and um, I, I really thought for a little bit there that I might uh, either voluntarily or involuntarily be pressed back into military service, and and uh, and uh, I, I, it became really apparent really quickly that as our troops first deployed to Afghanistan, then um, some months, if not a year later, went to Iraq, and you guys know we still haven't extracted from there, right? You do know that. You remember that. I personally know people deployed uh, in Iraq and Afghanistan to this day. Um, But that seems far away. It seems far away. But with COVID-19 and with um, both righteous protests and unrighteous rioting um, here in our country, uh, unlike those wars where we can feel far removed with with uh, rioting and protesting again, righteous riot, uh, righteous protesting, unrighteous rioting, um, and with COVID nineteen, um, none of us are out of harm's way, and we're probably feeling that um, more than ever. I, 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 before I get to James, let me say this: I don't know why we ever expect not to have trouble. You know what I mean. Uh, Romans eight tells us that all of creation, everything is groaning to be set free from the curse. I wrote down a, a few, uh, different, uh, verses here that just illustrate that in Job five, seven, you know, tells us that man is born for trouble in Job 14. One, it says man is born of a woman, uh, is a, uh, Man who is born of woman is a few is few of days and full of trouble means we don't live long and the whole life is, 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 is got trouble in it. Or I like Ecclesiastes two 23 for all his days are full of sorrow and his work is a vexation. Even in the night, his heart does not rest. Um, we're all in harm's way and we all live in a fallen world. Nothing works the way it's supposed to. Um, and We as mankind tend, tend to make it worse constantly. So I want to look, I want to look to the heavens. I want to say, God, what, what is going on? I don't want to just look around and say, what's going on? I want to look to God. God, what's going on? What's going on? Um, Nothing, nothing is as it should be. But God is as he should be, and he doesn't change. He's the same today, yesterday, and forever. So when I look at my past, when I look at my past, my past has been a troubled one, mostly at my own hand, right? Of my past, I don't want my past to be a prison. I want it to be a classroom. And I say that a lot. I'll tell young people, don't let your past be a prison. Don't, don't be locked there. Let it be a classroom, a place you grow from, graduate from and go on from grow from, graduate from, go on from, you know, but also when I look at my present, when I'm facing difficulty, I also want to be a student here and not a victim. And I'm talking about this sort of proper sort of mindset here, you know, and, and what I've done is, this: is an a and a B one is I want to look to the Lord. That's a, I said, I did an a and a B. one, <laughs> um, one. I want to look to the Lord in all things. I don't want to trust my mind. I don't want to lean on my own own understanding. I don't want to trust my deceitful heart. So I want to look to the Lord and B is I want to set the right framework for what I'm going through. And so, you know, uh, if number one is look to the Lord, if number two is get the right main, uh, mindset of my past, of my past, I want to be a classroom, not a prison. Of my present, I want to be a student, not a victim. Of my future, I want to stand on the promises, not not languish in confusion. Some of y'all might want to back this up and just think about those those. Look to the Lord, look to the Lord and get the right worldview, the right mindset of your past. Don't let your past be a prison. Let it be a classroom of your present. Be a student, not a victim of your future. Stand in the precious promises of God, not in the the confusion of the may you of um of man's uh mis mis misdoings, man's foolishness. Okay, let's let's before we even get to James one one through four, that's where we'll be. Let's let's even think about the birth of the early church. She was born under dual persecution. Um, she was born. In Israel, if you'll remember, it was the religious leaders of Israel who uh, commended Jesus to death by the hand of Pilate. So one concocted it, and um, they they concocted it, they contracted it, and uh, and and Pilate's boys carried it out. So the church was born under religious persecution from the leaders of Israel. It was born in Israel. And Israel was conquered and occupied by Roman forces. So it was a religious persecution and a government persecution. And as the church spread, that maintained, it was true. It was also disdained by pagan religious people. Um, I'm not going to walk through all these stories, but, you know, just read the book of Acts, right? All right. Now, I need you to think about this for just a second. The church only experienced this dual persecution for the first 300 years of her life. That's all she knew. And she flourished. All right. So just in this introduction... I want us to wrestle with a few things. I want to be clear about them. Okay, if we're gonna if we're gonna contend that James is a absolutely outstanding handbook for difficult days, if James is a handbook for hard times, we should clearly understand that the world is broken. So we've got to learn how to deal with this brokenness. So first, we look to God. And secondly, we look around with the right mindset, the right worldview. We personally don't look at our past as a prison. We look at it as a classroom. In our present, we want to live as students, not victims. As we look toward our futures, we want to stand in the precious promises of God, not the confusing clamor of the world, okay? Okay. And we have to remember all the time that the church was born in adversity. She can thrive in adversity. So whether we're looking at ourselves, we want to have the right mindset. Whether we're looking at the church, we want to have the right mindset. Because then we want to go out individually with the right action set. And we want to go out as the church with the right action set. So we do live in crazy times. Amen. Somebody say amen. All right. I heard you. We do absolutely live in crazy times, but I believe, I believe that we can take up, we can take up the way of God and we can, uh, we can learn and grow tremendously in the middle of these crazy times. Okay. So I have, I have three ideas based on the first four verses of James that I would like to share with you today. Three ideas on the based on the first four verses of James. Uh, James chapter one, beginning at verse one, James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness and let steadfastness have its full effect that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. There's those first four verses. If you want to see what is illustrated when he talks about the 12 tribes and dispersions, you want to see that illustrated, go over to Acts chapter 11. Acts chapter 11. What's interesting is they were, they were dispersed at the persecution of the church, particularly in Acts 11. It tells us they're dispersed after what happened to the deacon, Stephen. Uh, They're spread out. They're harassed. We know from Acts chapter nine, for example, that Paul, the Saul who becomes Paul is harassing people, seeking to arrest them. And, and uh, in Acts chapter 11, um, the Bible tells us that these dispersed believers are going around preaching the gospel. Hallelujah, amen. What do you do in trouble? You stay on mission. Hallelujah, amen. What do you do in days of trial and, and stress? Hallelujah, amen, stay on mission. The church's number one mission is the gospel. The number one cure for the ills of mankind is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. And, um, in Acts 11, uh, they hear about these believers over in this whole other area. And I, you know, I, I should probably just stop and go teach Acts 11. Right. Um, and so they send Barnabas, oh, son of consolation himself. They send Barnabas. And when Barnabas gets there, he is, the Bible says he is glad because he sees the grace of God. Hallelujah. In trouble, the gospel is going out. The gospel is landing. The gospel is taking root uh the gospel is bearing fruit and because uh, because Barnabas knows this is the unmerited favor of God flowing out flowing out of the foolishness of man this persecution came from the foolishness of man uh um, um Barnabas is not interpreting this situation simply on the confusion and actions of people he is looking at He's looking at God and he's saying, God's up to something here. I see God's grace at work. Just check that out in Acts 11. So that's, you know, James greets these dispersed believers. And he said, that's verses one and two, and uh, excuse me, verse one. And then in verses two through four, he gives a command. He gives a reason for his command. And he gives a promise for those who walk in the command. He gives, and, and you know, what we'll do is we'll just, Unfold these one at a time. Here's thought number one. In the face of trials, God's command to his people is joy. That's right. He commands joy. All right. (laughs) Through his apostle, through James, we're told in verse two, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds. Okay, guys. Okay. Everybody runs into trouble, but not everybody handles trouble the way God pre- prescribes us to handle trouble. Uh, you know, there's, it's the old saying, you're, you're either in a storm or, or coming out of a storm or headed into one. We're, I mean, we're always facing something. You know, you, 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 you just do a little inventory of people you know. Everybody, everybody is being tried and tested to some degree by this COVID-19 crisis. But we all know people who are going through things that they would be going through if we didn't have the COVID-19 crisis at all. I mean, there are people battling cancer. There are people who are losing loved ones. There are people, uh, racked in emotional and mental struggles. There are people who are battling all kinds of other diseases. Uh, cancer is just the first one that came to my mind. There are people who are struggling at work, struggling in relationships that, I mean, there are people, um, there are even people who are struggling because they're obeying God. And in America, in America, we mostly name personal struggles. There are places on this planet where every day people are harassing and pursuing believers, desiring to kill them just because they they love Jesus. Boko Haran is going crazy. The Chinese government is shutting churches down, Um, you know. Uh, over in parts of india you have uh, raiding marauders burning churches parts of malaysia uh and maybe maybe worse than all of that the church is voluntarily given up in western europe just quit um false doctrines her, her heretics abound everywhere there are whole areas of the globe that are gripped in in the false doctrines of pro, uh, of of the prosperity gospel and uh, you know, the United States is absolutely no upset uh, exception from that. Um, but but by far and large, we can express our faith very freely here. What the people James was writing uh, was writing to were people who were persecuted for their faith. And still, the command is point blank, simple. still simple. What does he say? Count it all joy, or some translations say consider it all joy. Um, count it all joy, what you're going through. Just count it joy. And that's a, that's a good thing actually to pause and consider for a little bit. Are you taking the circumstances in your life, especially the circumstances that are precisely the way they are because of your faith? You know, especially those things that are difficult, difficult because of your faith. And you're saying, I am going to put this in the column of joy. I'm going to count this as joy. And then the other things that you're going through that may not be because of your faith, but you're no less going through. Are you saying I will count these things joy? I will count them joy because he doesn't let us off the hook. He says, count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kind. Uh, uh, Take it, and you, you know, we might have been counting it as a negative. He says, okay, take it out of the negative column, count it as a joy. Just stop right there and consider for a moment whether you have the habit of counting things as joy. Thank you for joining us on Light Steps Live today. My name is Katie Bose, and the rest of our production team is Andrew Liggett, Shannon Allen, and Steve Riley. Music provided by Banjo Ben Clark. Connect with Banjo Ben at BanjoBenClark.com. Tim Bose is a pastor of East Rock Community Church and the executive director of My Life Matters, a gospel ministry with a focus on making disciples to become lifelong followers of Jesus. Discover more about My Life Matters at mylifematters.club.